authentic relationship. And I was uh, in my residency training. I was uh, preparing to be a psychiatrist, which is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, we had, you know, a cute little apartment we were renting in New York City. We had friends. Um, everything on the outside looked the way that it was supposed to, you know, look. I thought that I was doing it right. I was doing what society told me you're supposed to do at this age, at this time in your life. And, but why in the core of my soul was I feeling so unfulfilled and kind of depressed and sad and lonely, even though all of these things were. Welcome to Scratch Your Own Itch Podcast, the show about the things we think about, but don't ever talk about. My name's Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. These conversations are about creating a life worth living with a focus on sharing stories about battles in our heads. Topics range from depression, addiction, self-doubt, past traumas, and everyday compulsive thinking. And my hope is that this show will just shed some light on anyone in the dark that feels like they're alone in their daily struggles. Please take note that this show is not meant to be a replacement for a professional diagnosis or professional therapy. I am not a counselor or a therapist. I am so excited for you to listen to this conversation that I have with Anna. Anna and I speak about a number of things, one being the power of no, another one being the power of following your intuition and also allowing yourself to be the student when the teacher comes into your life. Also knowing too that there are many, many mentors that come to your life and you've got to use intuition to knowing which ones to say yes to and which ones to say no to. But um, I, I'd like to really quick read off an incredible review that I got uh, because I just think that community is so, so important um, to feeling better and feeling less depressed. And I really appreciate this review. And I promised you guys I would read reviews for every time you send a review and leave a review. Um, this review is from PKM613. Uh, he labels it serendipity, question mark. And he says, it's funny how the universe works and how it connects you to what you need no matter where you are in life. I was in a space where I was transitioning to a career where there's a significant risk, but also reward. Needless to say, though, since taking that step, there were periods where I doubted myself, beating myself up for making the decision and fighting bouts of depression, particularly since I'm approaching 50. But then things changed. And here's the amazing part. He says, Logan and I are Facebook friends, but I deactivated my account. Out of the blue, Logan messaged me via Facebook and it was just what the doctor ordered because I was surprised that he actually left acting. And out of curiosity, I wanted to know why. When he explained why and now having subscribed to the podcast, it just amazes me how the universe works because Logan's podcast is a blessing. If you've ever felt doubt, ever been depressed and feeling like you're stuck, just know you're not alone. His podcast shares Stories of others who have shared similar situations, but more importantly, 
how they've overcome them. It's amazing to realize how similar the situations are and how you can overcome your situation. Things happen for a reason. I am glad Logan and I have kept touch. Thank you so much. I know who that is. Uh, Paul, you're the man. Thank you so much. Uh, That was an incredible review. I cannot tell you guys how much that fills me up. Um, It really does. Uh, This podcast means the world to me. And um, if you've ever felt alone or suicidal in that way, please don't wait. Reach out. I'm just starting a community. If you want help on an idea, like a YouTube channel, or maybe a podcast yourself, head over to Scratch Your Own Itch Facebook group. It's about creating a life worth living, really, and creating one that gives you not only love and joy, but gives you a real community of of the questions that you keep asking, and you need answers to them. Or maybe you have this idea, and it's hard to keep you accountable. So please head over to that group, and I'd love to have you as a member. Scratch your own itch. It's on Facebook. And if you're having trouble finding it, just email me, logan at logantylernelson.com, and I'd love to help you get there. So uh, without further ado, enjoy my interview with Anna Usum. She's a doctor, so she knows what she's talking about when it comes to happiness. Happiness. Yeah, you. Think about it. Happiness. Wouldn't it be awesome to know exactly how to become truly happy? Well, my guest today is an expert on how to love and live with happiness. But different types of happiness. I mean, who doesn't want to be happy? But what does that really mean to be happy? How can we attain happiness? Because for some of us, that means to have a great job and support a family and friends. And others, that means to have a really nice house with a 10-car garage and all these nice Lamborghinis and Audis. But what if you finally got all those things and still you found yourself unhappy? Why can this still happen, even in the best of situations? Well, my guest and psychiatrist, Anna Yusum works with patients who have expressed these very concerns. She's even struggled with them herself. She spent 15 years studying this phenomenon and concluded that the issue deals with spiritual neglect. What does that mean, though? How can people address their spiritual and psychological needs at the same time? What affects this? I, but I think it all comes down to honestly authenticity. But how do you make up authenticity? I know it's filled with questions and that's why this show is called Scratch Your Own Itch. Curiosity for the first time didn't kill the cat here. But without further ado, I want to get you guys introduced to the one and only Dr. Anna Usum. So Dr. Anna Usum, how are you doing today? Thanks so much, Logan. I'm doing well. Here it is, the new year, new beginnings, and it's great to be here with you today. Oh my God, you have, like I said earlier, you have the most soothing voice in the world. I 
I love it. I um I love what you've done with your work and I right away I just got to say like thank you so much for all the work you've already put out there. Um you've just you've really 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 saved a lot of people and you need to know that right away off the bat that I uh, I think happiness is a huge subject that people think about a lot but we don't really talk about it too much because it's uh it's kind of like this uh this this hard target to aim for and actually hit absolutely yes and it's quite elusive too you know because People often in moments of meaning, they'll feel this wonderful feeling and then they'll want to reproduce it in all aspects of their life. But then life at times is hard and things happen that we don't anticipate and that we're unprepared for. And they bring us into dark places sometimes. And it's at those times that we ask, how do we get those precious moments back? Those moments of meaning that we didn't even prepare for them either, but they brought us joy and they brought us peace. And then life happens and then hardship happens and it takes us out of that space. And so the question is, despite the difficulties that life will invariably present, knowing that all of us will encounter our own challenges, both internally and in the outside world, how do we maintain fulfillment, joy and contentment in our everyday life? Yeah. Oh, those are huge, huge questions. Um, but before we get into that, I want to get into that definitely like later on but i first want to give a sense of uh making some people feel a little less alone with uh your story because i know for yourself that you actually did have um some some outside appearance of, of what looked like to be perfect right like you were living this lifestyle where you had the the, the job of your dreams finally you had what you thought was going to bring you well happiness but uh, you were on the outside or on the inside, rather, really suffering. And so I'd like to kind of go into the, the story and share with me what the worst thoughts were that were going through your head at that time and how'd you ultimately get out of it? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right, Logan. And I had sort of my own journey. And like you said, I was going through life thinking that I was doing it all right. I had, I was in a relationship with a really good man at the time, and it was a good relationship. It was an authentic relationship. And I was uh, in my residency training. I was uh, preparing to be a psychiatrist, which is what I wanted to do with my life. Um, we had, you know, a cute little apartment we were renting in New York City. We had friends. Um, everything on the outside looked the way that it was supposed to, you know, look. I thought that I was doing it right. I was doing what society told me you're supposed to do at this age, at this time in your life. And, but why in the core of my soul was I feeling so unfulfilled and kind of depressed and sad and lonely, even though all of these things were actually present in my life that were supposed to be there. It didn't even make sense to me. So now as a psychiatrist, many patients come to me asking the same question. I have all the things that I thought that I wanted but somehow I still feel unfulfilled. And so the answer for myself in those situations, which I finally found after a ton of soul searching, after starting to work with a really good psychiatrist myself, and after doing 
a little bit of a spiritual journey that took me around the world to really see, you know, how do you connect to yourself? How do you connect to your soul? I realized that I had all this time been disconnected. I was living a life that everyone expected me to live. It was this as if personality. I'd never bothered to really check in with myself and figure out who I was and what I wanted separate from the expectations of others, separate from what society would expect and want me to become. And it was only when I started doing that that I was able to reconnect with my soul and start to feel much more at home in my own mind and my own body and in my own space. And it was through that process that I discovered spirituality. And that helped me to even further reconnect with my soul and start to live more authentically. And those, you know, what I'm describing is kind of the broad strokes and very vague terms, but I'm happy to tell you any more of the details in any of that process. Yeah, I'd love to get into the details of just that. Was there any like conversations with friends or family members where it kind of like caught your breath in which you went, yeah, I'm truly not happy right now. Like, I actually have had, uh, I don't know if you've had suicidal thoughts, but certainly thoughts of like, you just don't know what's next. Yeah, it was kind of like, um, for me, it was like um, being, especially in a relationship with this man who was a good man. And there's just a lot of things that were so good on the outside. And then feeling, for me, it was feeling guilty, feeling like, why? then with all these things that I have, how can I not feel fulfilled? What's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? And what like freedom do I have now that I've made all these choices, committed myself to this life path? How do I like extricate myself from this if I'm truly not happy? And what will make me happy? It was like not being happy with where I was and not even knowing how to get out of it. And at the end of the day, For me, it was lack of authenticity and probably at the root of it all, some depression and some anxiety. And it was, you know, I say that spirituality was one of the things that helped me find my way. And it's because of the spiritual principle that when you're finally ready, the teacher will appear. So when the student is ready, the teacher will come into your life. And that's kind of what happened in my own life. And I remember um, I was sitting um, in this ice cream shop and a woman came up to me and, you know, she had this message for me and she knew all these things about my life. It turned out that she was a psychic. She told me all these things, um, having never met me before. And I was just blown away. And I said, how does this person who I've never met know all these things about my inner pain about people I've just met. She said, you met this man and uh, he's your soulmate, but things aren't working out. This is after I'd already broken up with um, the man that I was with before. Um, And she said that I felt disconnected from myself. And it was in her reflecting back to me what I felt that I finally was able to own it myself, which is so interesting that someone I didn't even know was there reflecting back to me what was going on deep within my soul that I hadn't even yet found words for. So that's why I feel when the student is ready, the teacher does indeed appear. And we have no idea how the teacher will come into your life or what they will say or how you will transform. So just to be open and to really take that first step to asking for help and asking for some kind of guidance from something greater than you, whether that be the universe, God, 
global consciousness, um, mother nature, whatever your something greater than yourself happens to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's, uh, uh, it fills me up so much and gives me a huge smile on my face to hear that, that very quote that I think more people should say to themselves is, uh, when you're ready, the the hero will come into your life or the, the mentor that you need will come into your life to be the teacher. And you just have to be open to be the student. And so um, I wasn't going to go with this direction in the conversation, but I certainly want to ask you, like, what is uh, what, what are, are tools in which you like to implement in and exercising the idea of intuition every single day and strengthening that intuition. Um, what, what is, because I know you talk about it a little bit in your book, or, and so I'd love to kind of like go into that idea of what does it take to actually strengthen intuition? Right, right. And so intuition is the voice of your soul. And intuition and authenticity are one and the same in many ways. And as a psychiatrist, Many people, you know, in my field will also say that it's getting at the core or into your unconscious mind and learning what resides there underneath the surface of consciousness. That's where your soul also resides. And that's a deep way or a powerful way of accessing your intuition. And so how can you do this every day? So first and foremost, like what happened for me that enabled me to do this about face and start to live authentically, it really was to start to just, I had to make a big shift and then things started falling into place. And for me, the shift was, it was um, starting over on so many levels. I actually left my relationship because at the time, the person that I was with, he wanted to get married and I just couldn't commit because I hadn't figured out what was going on with me. And I felt like it would be unfair to subject him to this journey of inquiry that was causing me so much pain and without having the knowledge that this is really what I wanted. So I had to leave that relationship and then start to live my life very differently. I started seeking out answers, not in medical science, even though my whole profession is medical science, but in spiritual sources starting to learn more about the nature of soul. And then, you know, an answer to the question, how then do you start to tap in? You start to tap in by looking for guidance from both the internal world of intuition, which is when you know things without even knowing why. It's things that make sense sometimes only to you. And it's usually instance of knowledge or flashes of insight that you know, in a second, not through rational discourse, but more just a deep inner knowing. Sometimes people call it an embodied knowing if that knowing exists through your senses or within your body. It's not to say that reason isn't a part of that or logic isn't one of the ways that you could deepen that knowing, but usually reason and logic are only employed after the fact to rationalize and better understand that deeper knowing that came from deep within your soul or your intuition. So that's one powerful form of guidance. The other powerful form of guidance is actually external. It's looking at how the universe can help guide you once you open yourself up to that guidance and ask for help. And the universe can guide you through synchronicities or what this is a term Carl Jung called um, created 
to define meaningful coincidences in your life. It's these little things that are signs or um, moments of meaning that are particularly special to you, may not make sense to others, and could also, similar to your own intuition, be a powerful form of guidance. Now, the danger with giving too much power to synchronicity or even to your intuition is that if you are not mentally healthy, it will lead you astray. Because if you're looking at synchronicities and signs, there's a lot of people in a psychiatric emergency room having gotten many signs that they're Jesus Christ or the prophet Muhammad or, you know, many other things. So in order to be able to really use spiritual guidance in the external world and even in the internal world, you need to have maturity and discernment and have really healthy, stable mental well-being before tapping into that higher realm of guidance and protection. No, thank you for giving that sort of, first of all, that lovely sort of gauge, I guess you'd say, and how to actually find your intuition and, and when it's working for you and, or, or against you in that, in that matter. Because I know that oftentimes I, I know myself um, in this way where I see a shiny red ball and I go, oh, you know, I, I really, I really want to become, you know, this thing. I want to become a professional tennis player. I want to not, not, you know what? Now I want to become a professional actor. Or nope, nope, nope. Now I want to become, I want to become a professional speaker. So there's all these shiny red balls now. And I think a lot of us actually become uh, really overwhelmed with just the choices. And that's why I do talk about intuition it being such a powerful tool because it'll lead you to the right thing to actually put into place to find your overall passion and purpose. So I'd love to kind of go into your ide ideology on purpose and passion. Do you believe in it? The, is, there, is there one passion that someone can have or a purpose that someone can lead? Definitely, definitely. And it's in a very similar vein that once you open yourself up and start to align with your soul, with authenticity, and better um, tap into your own intuition, you will be guided to your purpose and to the way in which you can use your unique set of talents and skills and abilities and interests and experiences to help others. And I think that our purpose is actually comprised of two parts. It's our soul's contribution potential or the way in which you can use your talents in the service of others and of the world. And then the other part is the soul correction. And the soul correction is basically the challenge that your soul has come into this lifetime to overcome. And you could know your soul correction by looking at your life and asking, what has been the greatest point of pain in my life? What is that thing that keeps coming up again and again and again for me, often much to my chagrin and dismay and despite my best efforts to change it? And so everyone's got both a contribution potential and a correction that their soul is here to do. And together, working to overcome the two of those is really your purpose. That is, that is so amazing that you say that. Oh, that, uh, that fills me up because it's just, I know that for myself and, uh, probably most of the people 
I, I hate to speak to the masses, but that you, that one person right now that's actually listening to this, that feels like they're just lost. Uh, that feels like they have no purpose. And, and they, and I think oftentimes they just take on certain jobs that are really meaningless or they take on, you know, certain uh, activities and just do things because people tell them to do things instead of like listening to their own truth. And um, I, I'd love to ask you if you've ever had that moment in your life where you were like, okay, I finally feel like I need to just reassess. And I know you kind of, you kind of said you, you did that in the beginning. Um, have you been doing that still currently? Like, is that a, is that a practice that you kind of just reflect and then put down to sleep or do you constantly reflect? I think it's, it's about like, once you get on that path, it's really about constantly reflecting and then becoming much more sensitive to your own feelings as to when you're out of sync with your soul or when you're doing something that deep inside really isn't in line with your true essence, being much more aware of that and being able to set your boundaries much sooner. So rather than going along and saying, yes, 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 which I used to do, now I kind of will wake up much earlier and say, you know what, this really isn't who I am. This isn't what I want. And I've learned part of my journey was really learning to say no much more often and starting to align and do the things I truly want to do. And then like starting to, you know, not spend time with people and in situations that I felt were somehow energy draining rather than energy enriching for me. Oh my God. That's amazing. I love that you do that. I love that so much because I think it takes a very strong person. Um, especially when you're hardwired to just be a people pleaser where like sometimes people like feel really good by seeing smiles on people's faces. And I get that. Like I love to make people happy too. But at the same time, if, if I'm just constantly trying to make everyone else happy, I can forget on what matters the most and that's making myself happy. Uh, or maybe not happy, but overly, uh, you know, focused on this overall mission or goal that you now have that you've adopted. I know that for me, like I, I don't really like watching TV, but my family loves watching TV and they love kind of just sitting around and doing that. And I just can't do that. Like, I'm just not into that. And, um, so I have to find, uh, certain activities that will align with that. And I think that it's just okay to say no more often than it is to say yes to everything. Um, because when you're saying yes to everything, you're, you, you know, you can do anything in life, but you can't do everything, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I would say that probably one, like 5% of patients, one out of every 20 patients that come to see me, this is their primary issue. And then we give them a new motto. And the new motto is no is the new yes, meaning orange is the new black, you know? So whenever they would say yes in the past, every week they have to say no one more time to one thing that they don't want to do and people pleasing it's a huge huge thing in our society especially for women um, and it's something that really could be much like an addiction people will say yes and will people please in essence in order to fill an emptiness within themselves and what do they fill that emptiness with other people's approval um, and you know as much as we can have addictions to physical 
substances like food and to drugs and even to behaviors like sex and to the internet. We also have addictions to certain psychological precepts such as people pleasing. We can have addictions to materialism and money. We can have addictions to status and power. Those things could fill our inner voids in the same way as drugs and alcohol do, and they can be just as toxic if we have too much of them. Hey, I just want to interrupt this show really quick. If this show is worth an hour of your time out of your day, first of all, thank you so, so, so much for taking the time to listen. And if you found it inspirational or valuable, please head over to LoganTylerNelson.com and leave a few dollars or whatever you find affordable to help this show reach a bigger platform. It takes a lot of time to put it together. and It takes, unfortunately, dollars to make it happen. But all I'm trying to do is make people feel less alone and more comfortable with sharing the thoughts we all have and need to talk about more. Back to my interview. Oh, no one really thinks about that, too. And no, it, or very few, at least, talk about this exact issue. This addiction to, um, this addiction to just, yeah, being a, a people pleaser, this addiction to forgetting why you started in the first place, I think is really easy to do. Um, because of those, those shiny red balls and these constant distractions. And for the first time ever, like we have the choice to actually live and do what we love for money. And so I think that is another kind of question I'd love to bring up is I know that, um, you know, it's, it's really scary for someone to make money in something that they actually love because so long our society has gone like, Hey, you know, you, you, you got to work hard to make money. So have you had an instance in your life where you're actually making money, doing what you love? Maybe it was writing your book or maybe it was um, sitting with a patient and going like, I'm exchanging my time that I love in order to actually make you better. Right, right. So, and that question actually brings up so many interesting points. Like the first one is um, the idea of, of money, right? Of money and time and doing what we love. And so I feel, I feel so fortunate in my job as a psychiatrist that I'm able to make money doing what I really, really love, which is helping people and listening to people's stories and helping them achieve wellness and to grow and evolve as human beings. And sometimes it even feels to myself and a lot of doctors that, you know, being paid for what we do almost removes the purity from it. It makes it less pure. It's as though there's something dirty about money and that when you add money to healing, it undermines the healing nature that happens between a patient and a doctor. That's how I used to think. And then I started learning about Kabbalah and other spiritual principles. And there I realized that money, just like everything else, is just another form of energy. And whenever there is an energy exchange between people, meaning, you know, like a doctor and a patient or um, a client and a a professional of any sort, um, there has to be that energy exchange. And there are a lot of doctors who do treat people for free. 
Um, but in um, Kabbalah, they have a very interesting term, and that's giving something to people that they haven't somehow merited or earned. And that's called bread of shame. And you create bread of shame for people when you give energy to them, but there isn't an exchange. So they take from you, but they don't give back. And so in a way, when people pay you for your services, it actually creates that energy exchange because if I were to give my professional expertise and time and then somebody gives me money for that, that creates an energy exchange that then makes the relationship balanced. If I were just to give and give and give without getting something back from the other person, and also a lot of Native American traditions also have this very same concept about that, the necessary energy exchange, especially when it comes to healing. If I were to give but not get anything back, then I create bread of shame for those people. I give them something that I don't give them the opportunity to reciprocate and give some form of energy back. And that creates an unequal system. And then it's hard for healing to really take place when the energy is poorly balanced. So I started thinking very differently about money and really just seeing it as just another form of energy that you can use to balance relationships and where I can give people something you know, in terms of my time and expertise, they can give something back in terms of money. And I do have people who come and sometimes can't pay and they will give something else. I have, you know, and, and like um, as a resident, we used to treat a lot of survivors of torture. We would never ask for money, but these people, they knew the principle inherently. And sometimes they would bring, you know, something from their culture that they would cook for us, or we would never ask for that in the clinic, but it's just a principle that people sense and they feel. And when you give people too much without enabling them to reciprocate, it feels unbalanced and not good. Oh, that's so that's that is amazing to hear that you guys do stuff like that. Um although it did it did bring up okay, two points that I really need to ask you. Um which is kind of going backwards a little bit. But in your book you talk about the mirror effect, right? And the mirror effect, um, which is something that I'd love for you to explain rather than me explain, but how people can actually utilize the mirror effect to maybe uh create more money in their life, um, to do the things that they love and actually also create relationships in their life with the people that they know that they need to be with. Hmm. Yes, yes, right. So the mirror principle, absolutely. So the mirror principle is the principle that we don't draw into our lives who we want. We draw into our lives who we are. So if the same kind of person keeps coming into your life over and over and over, it's probably because on some level they are a mirror for something about you. Like in my own life, after I ended that relationship that I mentioned, I st and I reconnected with my soul. I started eventually on the quest for my soulmate. But then I realized this pattern that I kept drawing into my life one emotionally unavailable man after another. And it was very painful and a very difficult realization. I thought, what is going on here? And then in thinking about it from a spiritual standpoint, I realized I was drawing in mirrors of myself. I was drawing in all these emotionally unavailable men because a part of me was emotionally unavailable. And the way that I can start drawing in men who were more able to commit and wanting a relationship like I said that I wanted was really to open my own heart more to love and become more emotionally available myself. 
And so I had to do a lot of work on myself to really transform this part of me. And about three years ago, finally, I met the man who is now my husband. Um, now, to your question of how do we use this mirror principle to draw in more money and to draw in more people into our lives, um, I'll answer the second part first. And that's that if you want to draw in a certain kind of person, then you want to become that person. If you want to draw in loving, kind people, then become a loving, kind person yourself. If you want to start to draw in people who radiate abundance and who radiate success, then start to radiate that yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to be a multimillionaire or anything even close. It's just that you have to begin to see the world from a space of abundance as opposed to a space of lack. So many of us are focused on what we lack in this world as opposed to all those things in our lives that are already in abundance. And usually for most of us, there is so much. And so how do we focus on abundance? We do that by focusing on gratitude, on all those things in our life that we are thankful for. And that's why I frequently recommend patients make gratitude lists, three things that they're grateful for every morning and three things every night. And it could be the simplest things like the fact that they have clean air to breathe or healthy legs to walk on or a clean bed to sleep in or somebody loving who awaits you at your home or anything of that sort. The more we focus on what we're grateful for, the more in touch we become with the mentality of abundance. And therefore, the more abundance by the mirror principle we draw into our lives. Ooh, I love that you say all that. Oh, because that that's kind of like the the sort of um if there is a secret to success, which I don't think there is because it's, it's like information and knowledge is just so abundant. Um, but that that is the secret to success is is not to chase the money rather, the, but chase the the right people that you want to become that practice those little mini habits or those small investments that create the person that they are today. Um, I, I'd love to kind of like go into what sort of habits you have adopted in your life um, to really attract those, those uh, positive people or those loving people or those, those people that, you know, make you a better person just naturally by being around them. Right, right. And, you know, those habits really is to try to radiate as much positivity in your own life as you can, which I could tell you is always a challenge because things happen in life. Life happens. Challenges happen. Difficult things happen. We can have negative thoughts. We can have a stomachache, a headache, a million things that will lead us down paths where we can think everything but positive thoughts. But it's so important to fight those and to figure out what it is that you need to be able to tap into joy every day of your life. And for everybody, it's different. And for me, it's different things on different days, whether it's being able to go for a workout or to call a close friend or to have a delicious meal with somebody I care about, or to go and see patients, which I love to do, or to watch one of our favorite sitcoms with my husband, or to do any of those things that really just enable you to smile and be in the present moment and say, okay, I'm feeling joyful. 
But that doesn't mean that even with that, that difficult thoughts aren't going to come, that someone isn't going to push you in the street or, you know, you won't at times feel like this was unfair or this was unjust. Of course you will. And the more that you could metabolize those thoughts and accept them as opposed to being able to, you know, having to fight everything and being upset at everything and being reactive, the more that you can draw in other people who also have that level of equilibrium. So I think at the end of the day, it's, it's a constant struggle and a constant process and really just being aware and tapping into joy whenever we can. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that, by the way, because I know as a listener of podcasts myself or a listener of internet radio shows or a listener of or just a consumer, while we're listening and consuming that thing, it can feel so good and, and you can feel so happy and joyed. And, and then all of a sudden, the second you turn it off, you think that life is just going to go perfect, right? Like you think everything's going to just, like if we follow these instructions that someone lays out for us, it's going to go perfect. But to just say that like, yes, there may be things that actually go wrong. Like one of my favorite quotes is, uh, you know, prepare for the unexpected, you know, but expect the best, you know, or, or something like that. Some, some quote that goes like that. Uh, I, 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 I forget exactly how it goes. I'll probably remember it later on when I'm not thinking about it too hard. But um, anyways, it just it just goes around the ideology of just attracting that uh, idea, the idiom of, you know, we can expect for the best or we can expect for the worst. Either way, you're probably right. So just by going and saying like, hey, Things can happen during the day that aren't so great, but guess what? When things that are miracles happen, like welcome those things. And I'd kind of love to ask you, like, has there been um, uh, certain moments in your life where you're just like, okay, I'm going to try this new thing that I'm really scared about doing? Because uh, I know in one of your one of your stories in your books, you talk about a patient who actually doesn't have the ability to uh, have fear in their life. Is there any? Is there anything where you've like actually been scared about doing and then it turned out to be a really amazing blessing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Let me think. I, I feel like that happens, you know, that happens a lot. And I think in general, whenever we are figure something out and then need to go and confront our fears, if indeed it comes from an authentic place, we're going to be given the help that we need to overcome it. I feel like for me, it really is, I've been doing since my book has come out a lot of public speaking, which I'd love to do, but always there's a little bit of a social anxiety that comes with that. And so I feel like that's one of the places where I've had to step up and really overcome time and again, some discomfort. Um, and I think also, you know, as happy and excited as I was to meet my soulmate and get married. There is, of course, some fear there of losing my independence, of losing my autonomy. And so that's another thing where I had to step in. And I feel like I was really helped and guided by God, by the life, by something greater than myself. Um, and also just in general, like any sort of any times where I feel myself caught up in negative thinking and uncertainty and being to be able to pull oneself out, it really does also just take jumping in and saying, I need some help here. I don't know if I could do this on my own. 
and kind of reasoning with your soul and with the unconscious and with God, really, to realize that you can have help in this process and that you can be helped in those things that are most challenging or difficult at times. Oh, that's, that's really, that's neat. That's really cool. Um, that's really cool. I, I do want to kind of move into the spiritual thing because I know like I myself, I'm just not going to speak for anyone else, but I myself am not very spiritual. Like I'm not, uh, like I, I don't pray. I'm not really a believer in God, but I'm not like a, a so-called atheist. Have you ever had a patient come in in which they kind of have the same problem where they didn't really believe in anything and they, um, they, they, those still wanted to believe in, in the betterment of the universe or the betterment of, of humanity. And, uh, they didn't have this higher power to kind of like send good wishes out to. So what is that patient or myself for that matter? What can they start doing and adopting, uh, to sort of get themselves into that spiritual mind of thinking? Absolutely. I think that's that's a great question because by no means do you have to believe in God or be religious or anything like that to be spiritual. And I actually have plenty of patients in my practice who are clear-cut atheists and some of whom also say to me, you know what, the spirituality really isn't my path. And so I'm not that interested in going down that path, which is completely fine, which I always respect. And in that case, we use more psychological tools as opposed to spiritual tools. And for those people who are atheists and who are interested in having a spiritual practice, then we realize that spirituality actually has nothing to do necessarily with believing in God. It's more to about connecting with your soul and being able to tap into your soul, which is also because our souls, many people say that we're all one unified soul. Our soul is that which differentiates us, but also that which unites and connects us with all of humanity. And our soul is also connected to global consciousness, mother nature, whatever your term is for that collective energy that we all share. And that's the energy that guides us. That's the energy that protects us. And the way in which someone who's an atheist, for instance, can become more spiritual is to start asking for some guidance, start asking for some protection, for some signs to know what it is that you need to know to take the next steps in your life and then to be open to how that guidance will show up. It could show up as a friend coming over and giving you a book that you need to read. That's exactly the right book for you to help you become more spiritual. Or it could be you getting a message even through a song or through a movie that you're watching. And you know the way that also, since you're going to be asking the universe for guidance and support, you can also ask whatever sign you get for you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that that sign is meant for you, that that sign is really something that for sure you know is your sign, that it's not just a random coincidence. So that's how I would start this process and then open yourself up as to how something really positive will and a new form of knowing will come into your life. It sounds just very much like a, a perspective change. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly what it is. That's really what it is. And miracles don't happen 
when amazing things happen in our outside world, miracles happen when we have precisely that, a powerful perspective change that enables us to see the world anew. That is that is so huge. That is so huge. I believe that's so huge just because uh, I know when I start looking at the world as uh, like everything does happen for a reason instead of like going like, mm-hmm. why me? Why me? But actually going, why not me? You know what I mean? Like, why not me? Why? Oh, I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh yeah, no. Ex- I, I was just saying exactly. You're exactly right. Yeah, it's it's amazing though when you actually go, "Why not me?" When you start telling your story, when you start um, allowing people to tell their story to you and really listen to them, and not just like listen as like, "Oh yeah, it's just another like, hey, how are you?" But actually allow them to come into their life. Um, but all right. So some people though, I think, uh, have a really hard time with just. Uh, getting out and meeting new people because they're so, um, because I'm I'm asking this question selfishly and anyone that's listening right now, where I know I love my routines and I love my habits. And uh, sometimes my routines and habits can start working against me because I'm hanging around in the same environment. I'm not really reaching out. What's something that you would, uh, would like to sort of recommend for someone to get out of their environment and and it could be as just as simple as like go meet new people but um what's something that maybe in your practice that you've recommended to a patient to go and actually like have the true will to start getting out and doing things that are a little uncomfortable hey guys i gotta interrupt this real quick to do a call to action as they call it in the podcasting world I've got this call to action about, have you ever had a story that you felt like you needed to share, a story that you needed to get off your chest, and you have this imposter syndrome in which you think that it's not good enough to share, but let's be honest, any trauma that you've ever gone through needs to be shared. You deserve for your voice to be heard. So if you ever want your voice to be heard, please let me know. I'd love to help you with a podcast. Maybe writing books just isn't your thing. But a podcast? You're a talker. You know how to talk. Well, back to my interview. Yeah, such a great question. And indeed, I think that's exactly what it's about. It's about starting to do things that are a little uncomfortable. Taking yourself outside your comfort zone. And uncomfortable doesn't have to mean painful. Uncomfortable has to mean different and what you haven't done before. It could be as simple as starting to take a different route to work. Or rather than having this for lunch, having that for lunch. Starting to change your habits just a little bit because that changes your whole energy. After all, Your energy is comprised of all the things that you do throughout your day. Creating little shifts here and there really does create profound shifts in your energy and ultimately in your identity and in who you see yourself to be. I would also challenge yourself, if you can, to do one thing per day that's a little uncomfortable. Uncomfortable in the sense of if you're a little shy to go and introduce yourself or speak to one stranger. It could be per day if you're really ambitious or per week. If you are someone who sometimes can be prone to a little laziness to procrastination, getting up extra early one day a week, 
and getting everything that you would want to get done done before you go to work. Like all the stuff that you've been procrastinating on. You usually wake up at seven o'clock, okay, wake up at six. Between six and seven, get those things done and go. If you're someone who maybe runs two miles, try one day running four miles. Like trying to mix things up a bit basically to create a different energy for yourself and thereby starting to shift what comes back into your life, what you manifest. I love that you you talk about just like these mini sort of wins and these mini uh, sort of like add-ons instead of like changing the whole game because I think oftentimes people uh, get overwhelmed because uh, they think that they need to be the CEO tomorrow or they need to be the uh, the business owner tomorrow. But it's like that stuff just isn't realistic and it's actually the many sort of things that you change during your life um, that be- that ultimately bring you the person that you want to become um, because, you know, I'm sorry, what was that? Exactly. Yeah, exactly, because all of life is just little baby steps. At the end of the day, you look at your life, and it's just comprised of a bunch of baby steps, a bunch of little things that we have a chance to intercede in every single minute of the day. Yeah, and that's what makes life so tough is to have that. um, But why self-reflection is so important is because if you don't take time to self-reflect, like literally after you listen to this interview, like please, anybody that's listening to it, take time to just self-reflect. Like I, I think that's the, the draino to any problems that you may have in your life. Um, what's a couple of things that you often use in your self-reflection practices? Yeah, um, I like to do reflections of my day um, at the end of every day before I go to sleep. I like to lay in bed and go through my day and think about, okay, well, what would I have liked to do a little differently? And often I will have, I will replay the situation in my mind a second time as though I had done what I think I should have done and with a different outcome. Because, you know, it's kind of like a self-accounting process. It's like going through the day and thinking, okay, I did a few things, you know, I did a few things right, but some things that maybe... I didn't do exactly right, or I'm not exactly proud of, and I probably should have done this differently. And, you know, when I couldn't get a cab and I got disappointed, maybe I should have gotten been more patient or, you know, when that person was a little rude, maybe I should have just been calmer and smiled and not thought twice about it as opposed to taking it personally. So usually I'll go through um, and self-reflect at the end of every day and do a little bit of this accounting and shift the things that I didn't do as well as I would have liked. That's that's really that's really I think the greatest way to do it is um at the end of the night uh because it just it gives you a nice button to the end of the day right. Exactly. Um, what is uh I'd love to just ask you I guess a few more questions because we're coming down to the end and I, I call them usually just the scratching the surface curious killing cat questions where it's just like you know, these quick rapid fire answers, nothing too deep. Whenever you're ready, I'd like to get into that. Sure, sure. Awesome. Um, first thing I'd like to ask is because uh, I think it makes someone feel less lonely or less lonely. Um, what is a, a thought that you keep having during your day? And I know you, you got to get, get a little vulnerable with this. 
so please uh, be willing to to just be totally open. But uh, what is a thought that you're having during your day that you just wish you didn't have anymore? Um, sometimes, you know, even being a very spiritual person, sometimes I have doubts and I just wonder, am I doing this all right? You know, as is like you kind of doubt your own process. So if I didn't have, if I could just do away with my doubt and have more certainty in the whole system and in the process, that is something that would make me very happy. Thank you. Thank you for that. Seriously. Thank you. Um, because after all, you've written a whole entire book on it. Fulfillment, which everyone should check out, by the way. And I'll plug that at the end. But uh, another thing I'd love to ask you is um, if you could be anybody just for an entire month, who would you want to be? And then why would you want to be them? And yeah, let's hear that. I would probably want to be my husband because then I could better get a sense of the things that he struggles with in his day. And obviously as his wife, I know it pretty well, but I feel like I would have a whole different sense of empathy um, and understanding to actually be able to be him for a month. <laughs> Not to mention, I think he does really neat work as a, as a filmmaker. And I think it would be kind of cool to do something a little different for a month. <laughs> that is so cool. That is, I love that you do that. I love that you think in that way. Cause, um, yeah, I just believe so much. And if you, if you are having a trouble in a certain area, just taking a little bit of time and asking yourself, like, what would so-and-so do? And really, like you were saying earlier, where the theme of this conversation has been a little bit of, uh, you know, who do you want to become? Uh, it can really help you solve some really big questions and problems in your life. Agreed. Agreed. Um, all right. So I love, I love this question a lot just because my mind works in mantras and quotes. What's a curtain quote or mantra that you've adopted in your life that you keep uh, reminding yourself almost every day? Uh, it's so funny. It, um, one of my passwords is based on it. And it's um, this quote that my English teacher, Mrs. Jackie White, had in um, her classroom in high school. Uh, way back in the day. And it said, do your work as well as you can and be kind. <laughs> it's such a simple <laughs> mantra, but I love it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I love that. It just, because the world is just so complex, but it can be really simple if we just keep living in that lifestyle. <laughs> um, but what is uh, what is something right now that you're trying to uh, adopt as a habit, but it's uh, kind of hard to, adopt but uh you love to to actually start doing it yeah so i used to run regularly and so i'm getting back into that now i had a period where things were just so busy so i had to take a break from running so now i'm starting to run daily again which i love to do but it really is about pushing yourself every day oh it helps so much if you can do something physically with your day like really hard physically, your mental capacity for things just becomes so much greater, I think. Um, at least that, that's that's what I've come to find. Agreed, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, just two more questions. Uh, the second to last one I'd like to ask is, uh, what is something that you're really excited to learn about? What's a curious thing in your life right now? 
Um, let's see. I um, am really excited. So I'm starting a few different projects with a few different colleagues. And they're the psychiatrists who also have a little bit of a spiritual interest. And we're putting together with one of them a talk about classical versus quantum psychotherapy in uh, three weeks on the 27th of uh, January. And with another one, we're also doing something about spiritual psychiatry. The first um, person uh, is a Harvard psychiatrist, Martha Stark. And she and I are doing a panel in New York City on January 27th. And then another colleague is Srini Pillay, also from Harvard, who we're doing um, a few different events together over the course of the year that we're in the process of planning. So I'm very excited to get my hands wet with all that and to, uh, you know, get um, excited about uh, our, our upcoming project. Wow, it's Srini Pillay. I was just listening to Srini Pillay last night. I love what he has to teach. That guy is just something. Absolutely. Srini's amazing. Yes, and we did a talk together at the Academy of Life in New York City this October. And that's the first time that we worked together. And since then, we've started to do a few more things. I actually spoke to him right before um, you and I are speaking today. <laughs> that is, guys, this is how spirituality works like right now okay so last night i'm no, no joke i didn't talk to i didn't talk to you at all i just did research by uh looking up different subjects that may connect to your book and when i was doing research i saw serenia play's name came up and i'm like okay um i'm gonna do some research on his book too why not like just in case that kind of work kind of like it intermixes within the conversation and i think just by like having the thoughts and the spirituality of, of being open to this new uh, teacher becoming in, in my life, which is you right now. And, and hopefully maybe in the future, Sereni, because now I'm super interested and curious about his work and what he's done. Uh, I think it can work for anyone else out there that has like an interest in maybe getting into a new passion, like just being okay with saying no to th this, this certain, um, Thing that they thought they wanted but actually saying yes to this new thing that they just have to jump onto. so i just want to say that real quick even though this isn't part of the the rapid fire questions or whatever scratching the surface sort of questions uh -huh. <laughs> um but uh yeah the last question i like to ask is just because i think it uh really gives it sort of um what it matters what everything means in life is uh, if you had three minutes, just three minutes to record anything um, that you think matters, that you want the world to know, you want your friends and family to know about you, you want uh, the entire universe to hear, what are those three minutes compiled of? Um, well, I would, it probably wouldn't be about me. It would be about helping people to get on their own path and to know that every single point of pain in your life is an opportunity for growth, evolution, and transformation. And especially those points of pain that keep coming up in your life again and again and again. And to be able to identify what those are, frame them as a soul correction, and then start to ask the universe or God, whatever your part of something greater is for help and guidance to overcome that. And once the student is ready, the teacher will appear and you will be helped and you will be guided along on your path and on your journey. 
Oh, that's amazing. That's going to be my new quote and mantra that I'm living by in January of 2018 is the teacher will appear when the student is ready. Like, I love that so much. Um, Thank you, Anna, so much for being on Scratch Your Own Itch. I'd love to also give you an opportunity to to, uh, plug in where people can find you if you're on the social medias, if you want to you know, be reached if someone listen to this and they go, I really need to talk to, I really need to talk to this amazing doctor. Uh, please, please, please let me know how I can get in touch with her. Sure, sure. So, um, yes, um, I have a website and that is www.annausum.com, which is spelled A-N-N-A-Y as in yoga, U-S as in Sam, I am as a Mary.com. And my book, which came out three months ago, is called Fulfill How the Science of Spirituality Can Help You Live a Happier, More Meaningful Life. And it's available through my website or through Amazon or any bookseller. Oh, that's please check out the book. It's amazing. It will, I don't like to say life changing very often, but it is life changing if you're having trouble with finding happiness and or like let's say you're someone that has finally gotten those things in your life which I think your book is really good at debunking is you've gotten all these things and then all of a sudden you're still unhappy and you're questioning why like why the heck are you still unhappy even though you've gotten the money goal that you finally set out to accomplish and you got it or that certain perfect quote-unquote spouse or husband finally in your life and you're still not happy and fulfilled like this book can make you fulfilled totally um thank you anna so much for being on scratch your own itch i i would love to have you on maybe on a later date if you ever come out with another new book or if you want to promote something else i'd love to keep in touch with you that sounds wonderful thank you so much for having me absolutely oh god uh you have an amazing day and don't ever forget you matter and you're enough, Hannah. Thank you so much. You take good care, Logan, and happy new year. Thank you. You too. Alright, there's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Dr. Anna Yusum and myself. Uh, she is a power of nature. Like, oh my god, I stumbled a lot on these words. Why? Because I was so nervous uh, the entire time because she just has an incredible wealth of information out there and incredible knowledge on spirituality and the science of becoming happier and just amazing, amazing, amazing woman. Um, I can't wait, wait for you guys to uh, take some notes and actually implement some of the ideologies that uh, she said today. And if you guys found any of this stuff informational or inspirational, or maybe you just need to share it with someone to make someone feel less alone, please, please hit that share button and uh, hit the subscribe button and don't miss another episode whenever it's released. And also, if you want, you can leave a review too, because that really helps me. Um, But I know you guys probably won't, because it takes a lot of time during the day 
But I'm going to be positive. I'm going to try to use positivity and allow you guys to take the time to just scroll down to the reviews area on iTunes and just uh, send in a review. And please let me know because I'll read it off for the show. I love doing that now. And I want to get in touch with you. The limits that you will overcome will surprise you. I promise. And don't ever forget that you matter and you're enough.